2: G'day folks and welcome to another episode of Encounters Down Under. We have Jane Pooley on the show who is the author of the book Humalien and Humalien 2 as well as a mentor and supporter for other abductees worldwide. She also goes on to talk about her experiences that started from a young age where she was involved in the hybridization of humans and aliens or what Jane calls humaliens. So please welcome to the show Jane Pooley. G'day Jane, how are you going? Good. How are you? you? I'm going great, thanks. Thanks for joining the show there. It's absolutely fantastic having you on tonight. Um, Been meaning to get you on the show there for a while now. So finally got you on, which is absolutely great.
3: Thanks, Anthony.
2: Um, Just a bit of a forewarning for everyone. Jane does have a bit of a thunderstorm going on in the background there, so you will hear a bit of thunder and whatever's going on. So if we do lose power from Jane's side there, we'll try and get her back through another way there and figure out an alternative there to get her... get on the show again and continue on. So um, just letting you know, if it does drop out, yeah, that'll be the reason why. So um, look, let's get into it. Now, Jane, you've had a fair few experiences throughout your lifetime there, like going from your early childhood, I believe, and it's yes. pretty much just escalated and you've gotten yourself involved somehow with the... No, that escalated.
3: It. it goes your whole life. My first memory is as a toddler, so in a cot. Yep. Um, and it just... You know, it goes on forever until you die. And it's obviously, um, there's more of it in your breeding years, trying to think how to put this politely, and clearly I'm not a breeder anymore, but they still seem to take me from time to time. So there's other things. It's like, um, it's the same as any other science programme that we might have on earth. So, you know, it's controlled. And they, do, they take us all at certain ages and do certain procedures and certain tests. And I think it seems to me... In my experience, I'm only a witness, not an expert, that um, after we're useful for breeding, they take us up there to teach the humanian kids how to be human. And a number of women have said similar to me too that I've met over time.
2: Yeah, fair enough. So do you want to just run us through your earliest experience there and sort of like bring us through your life whilst you're sure. getting involved with us? I think
3: there's us? been a lot, of, a lot of stuff out there and some people would have already heard my story. So I'll try and summarise it for you. Yep. But as, as a toddler, so the first experience I remember, obviously there were there are experiences that I don't remember, but this one I remember waking up in my cot, which was white painted, putting my hands up on the, the bars and pulling myself up. So I was that age, you know, toddler. And I could see this man with big cow eyes, I used to think they were, and I put my arms up, let him pick me up. So I seemed to know him and he said to me, I'm like your grandfather. And then we, I saw a white tunnel of light go up through the ceiling, so an elevator, if you will, but futuristic version. And we stepped into that on Hongi's hip and we just floated up. And it felt like being in water, but we could breathe. So it was somewhere in between air and liquid. Um, I'm sure they have a lot more elements, a lot more physics states, physical states than we do. Um, but anyway, we just floated up in that and then a hole. I went through the ceiling. I don't remember seeing the ceiling that time, but I remember it in other times and I'd sneeze and I was in the ceiling. So it was a physical experience, not a spiritual one. And then we'd just go through the hole or a white light in the bottom of it, around ship would open up. We'd go up into it, we'd step off to the side and he put me down. Uh, he is Graham. I call him Graham. He had to have a name. Um, And then in the ship, there really wasn't much there. There was like a levitating table in the middle of it. And I remember being just laid down on, on that. And then he put his hand over my tummy, my abdomen, just like that. And then in the air, remember I'm a baby, so in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, but all I could see was pictures in the air. So now I know they were my organs. So it was like a scan and he has a microchip in his hand. I've asked him to explain that. So it's the same as our ultrasounds or CAT scans or MRIs, only it was a guess a hologram is the best way to describe it. Um, I remember having blood taken. I remember it was a, the left elbow, so, I mean, it's that clear to me. But I didn't feel a needle prick. I felt a sucking. And, again, now I'm older and have been able to ask questions, I know they were taking my blood. So, And then he took me back down, put me back in my cot. I remember seeing my mum in the bed beside me and she didn't wake up. And that was that. And then I had that dream. All my life I've had that as a repeated dream and I just could not work it out. But anyway, now I'm older. Was
2: this like the same sort of alternating, sort of recurring dream of the same thing happening all the time or was it sort of different little snippets of scenarios kind of thing?
3: No, no. That's one experience, one physical experience. And I was a toddler. But all of my life I've had that experience. I dream about it.
2: Okay, so it's a recurring dream of that yeah, it's experience. A okay. dream.
3: So what happened wasn't a dream. What happened was real yeah. and physical.
2: No, that's yeah. all good. That's fine. Yeah. So, what do you think they might have been doing in this process?
3: Well, it was it was clearly a medical examination to see if I was normal and useful for their program. Um, again, remember, I've now had the opportunity to ask this Graham questions and a lot of them, the ones I'd thought of. So. I have a bit more understanding of it now at this age, obviously, than I did as a child. But um, they told me they were like doctors, and they were just—they didn't do anything to hurt me. They were kind to me and gentle. I guess it was like taking a child to your GP.
2: Yeah, fair enough. They would have, like. How are you feeling at the time? Like a bit scary, a bit uneasy? No, not, like...
3: that. I wasn't scared at all. I seem to know this man. Yeah. Um, it was like. I don't know a friend of your mum's saying get in the car with me and I'll take you to school, but you knew them, so you're okay to get in the car with me.
2: Yeah, so you got a bit of trust there um, yeah. built up over the years and time. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. So obviously well, these um like these experiences behind like you're as a childhood growing up sort of things, but did you have any like um sort of more observable sort of experiences during yes. this
3: time? Yeah. So so I'm I'm now sixty nearly 61, and they've, they've not stopped. They have gaps. You know, I might see a lot of UFOs and be taken quite a few times in a, in one hit, you know, maybe a few nights in a row or for a few months, and then they'll stop for a while, but they'll always come back. So um, the next experience was that I remember. I know there's a lot I don't remember. I was about eight, and I was scared. This is the only one I was scared, which is understandable, being a child, I think. I knew they were coming heart was racing i was terrified they were coming there was no logical reason for me to know
1: this
3: (laughs) but anyway they did and they put you to sleep which is just like sedation and they must have done that but i'd say that i was hard to put to sleep because i was so wound up so frightened anyway so i i must have gone to sleep at first and then i they take you up and i woke up just under the ceiling and i screamed and then I heard a voice say, she's not supposed to wake up." And then black. I went back to sleep. So that's the only time I was frightened. Every other time, I've known what was going on, and I've actually liked seeing them.
2: Yeah. Okay. So do you think it was the same beings that were taking you oh, at yeah, that time? Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just a bit of a mishap on that one.
3: Yeah. There's been a few mishaps. <laughs> I was asleep on the lounge one one day recently, and they came and they got me and. Well, Grandpa Graham's now old and frail and he used to pick me up every time so it was easy. We'd have a giggle. He knew me and I knew him. But this person, who was still a great man, I didn't know him. um, I was halfway up and I woke up and I screamed. Not because I was afraid, because I was startled that I was in the air. (laughs) Which I think is fair. Anyway, he panicked and dropped me. And I actually hurt my ankle that day.
2: Oh, dear. (laughs) So you were a bit of double banger on the ankle, was it?
3: It's like... don't. You can't expect me not to scream if I wake up in a, you know, such an unnatural situation, and it's not fear; it's startled.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair <laughs> enough. No, that's good. That's stuff's really amazing. So, like, especially for you, like growing up in that sort of situation where others have like sort of been getting randomly taken, you've done quite well to sort of adapt to the situations that have been put forward to you.
3: Yeah, I think I have too. I've had to go through had to take myself through it there was no one to talk to. Um, I didn't expect to be believed I didn't know I wasn't the only one until the internet.
4: Yes.
3: <laughs> I really thought it was just me but clearly it isn't. And I had to grieve for the, the three babies that were taken and I had to work out my head what was going on and but also what helped is um, I'm a retired nurse but when I was a student nurse, Um, I worked with Victor Chang. Do do you remember that name? The first heart transplant doctor.
2: It rings a little bit of a bell.
3: Well, he kind of took me under his, he's dead now, but he kind of took me under his wing and I didn't know why. I was just an ordinary student really. Um, So there was a whole team of doctors but he said to me, and that's another very long story, um, that I had the blood profile of an astronaut and clearly I wasn't an astronaut so they believed I was an alien abductee. Now that's not with that's with me not telling anyone anything. So they showed me some medical research that was going on over three or four years um, that they, they told me had come from aliens. So at that stage, yeah. So And some of those things are here now. But when I saw them, they didn't exist and there was no concept of them on Earth. But, for example, um, IBF, I think that's pretty obvious. That's what they're doing with their breeding program. Yep. Um, Fibre-optic cables, they didn't exist before, I don't know, Early 80s. Yes, that's a bit right. Yeah. Don't quite me, but somewhere around then. Yep. Um, Organ transplants, they came from aliens, And it was explained to me while they showed me that it (laughs) it came from aliens, And they took me, um, the principal of the nursing school took me and a couple of other girls into a room that wasn't labelled that was hidden at the back of the hospital. It's probably still there. And it was like a really old medical library that you'd see on an old-fashioned black-and-white movie with samples in jars. Anyway, and she didn't say anything. I thought, what are you doing here? And I walked up and there was an alien in a jar. I went, so what's that? And she said, yeah, we knew you'd go straight for that. That's, that was the point of the exercise. So here's a physical, fully alien baby, fully developed, full-term, in a jar of formaldehyde in front of me and there are other witnesses on Earth. <laughs> Yeah, so and they thought that I could answer their questions, but I couldn't at that stage. I probably could now. Yeah.
2: So what was the but purpose of the think... whole test thing that they were doing for you then? What was the go with that?
3: Oh, they just wanted to see how I'd react. I was just like checking my checking me out to see how much I knew. Yeah,
2: okay, fair enough.
3: I knew something, but ugh, honestly, if I could go back in time, I could now answer their questions.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, so yeah. what um, were these beings looking like like a the typical sort of alien looking thing or a bit
3: different? yeah it's a stereotypical gray but I, I, not the way people draw them they look as different to each other as you and i do yep so they've got different shaped faces different heights different body types but basically overall they're basically skinny and long arms and legs and they've only got three fingers and three toes they've got a thumb so.
4: yep.
3: and um they've got their skull is kind of square at the back And big and very pointy little chin, and then their eyes take up that much of their face. There's they have a nose, but it's not like ours. It doesn't have like a hood, and their mouth is really tiny little slit.
2: Okay, so uh, when they um, talk to you, are they talking through their mouth, or is it like a telepathy sort of thing?
3: It's telepathy. They can't um, can't form the words. It's not articulate. Their voice box is different to ours. Like mine is different to theirs. But they have a technical translator in their microchip. They can talk any language. They seem to pick up on your own um, style of talk, of speech. And especially Graham, after knowing him for years, he'd sort of... They don't normally have a sense of humour, but he did. <laughs> we had a really good giggle. Um, so it was telepathy. But, you know, I can be telepathic with some humans too. Not all, but some. So, it's not like you're imagining voices as in, say, schizophrenia. It's They project, they're pushing it into your mind and you know it's not your own thought. Mm-hmm. And it's logical and it's a conversation. So, yes, they do use telepathy. And out of all the aliens I've met, and there was a, a situation where I met quite a number of different races at a meeting, some speak telepathy and some speak properly with their voice. So it's not a universal thing. It's just that race.
2: Yeah, okay, that's absolutely amazing. So, like, uh, what are the other alien races that you sort of met? What are they sort of like? You know, like people have mentioned like reptilians, or you got the uh, the Nordics, I think, never anything, anything
3: it. like that. No, <laughs> I, I, I've never seen a reptilian, honestly. Um, but they're all di- they're all different, but they're all like human-like or grey-like. It seems to be only two main types.
1: Yeah, okay. So yeah,
3: Nordics, blondes, everything. I mean. I felt a bit lost because I, I knew I was the only human in the room, but there are other people who have passed us humans.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So have you like come across anyone that's had the same sort of experience as you, like in the same sort of uh, environment, I should say, like in a, like a friendly sort of environment being taken up and yeah, continuously I have. being taken?
3: Yeah, since I sort of came out of the closet, <laughs> yeah. um, I've, I get people contact me all the time. I imagine a lot of us in this situation do, but so many I couldn't count. And... The, the basic underlying theme is me too <laughs>
4: yeah and
3: so their storm they're their stories are not identical to mine but they're pretty similar and they've got elements like the, the ages that they were taken and the things that were done to them and the fact that they were the women were used for breeding and they don't seem to take men as much which is a shame because they show us the babies afterwards and that doesn't seem to happen as often with men' I've actually heard of at once
2: yeah so how's that how does that make you feel though like knowing that you've been a mother to um, these, uh, what do you, what are you hybrids? You call
3: them? Yeah. Well, it, it's I love them. I feel the same way about them as they do my children. I think about them all the time. I obviously can't talk about them or people who think I was nuts. Yeah. And unfortunately. But I pray for them. I think about them when I go to bed. I I just I love them. And you can't make up mother love or parent love. Father love's the same. I mean, they just yeah. don't seem to get the difference between the sexes in humans. But um. It's not something you can imagine up or or feel for something that's a figment of your imagination. Yeah. So I feel sad, angry that they've taken them, um, angry that I didn't get to see them grow up, grateful. <laughs> it's all confusing. <laughs> Love, positivity towards them, desperately want to see them. No, it's not their fault. You know, I fit all of those things that you could imagine i feel and there are days that it's really hard frankly
2: yeah i could only um, imagine to be honest
3: <laughs> yeah I, I won't pretend it's not and when i do an interview like this my purpose of doing it is really just to help others going through the same thing um because afterwards i feel quite re-traumatized talking about it like this
2: yeah I, but it's just it's, it's got to be
3: done because it's got to come out in the, in the open it's just the truth has to come out
2: it does and look like What's the purpose for not sort of coming into the public with this sort of thing? Like, why are they so hidden on the agenda of what they're doing?
3: Well, I don't think it's them. I think it's us. I yeah. think they're they'd happy. But also, think about Americans and their guns.
2: Yeah, always attack first, ask questions later.
3: Yeah. I mean, for me and probably for you, I think most decent people, maybe even most Aussies, we see a ship crash, it's like a car's crash. We're going to go up and help. Yeah. There's no way we're going to shoot them. Other countries, and unfortunately not everybody's good, would either wing the government so that they could take them away and lock them up or shoot them or run, you know, that fear reactions. Um, they're people like us, body, soul, whatever you want, culture. They might look a bit different, but so do we. Yeah.
2: So just to so th- make me think of that, um, their agenda. So what exactly is their agenda by taking... Okay. their your- agenda eggs and
3: again I'm no guru I'm just a witness but I've asked questions and if I have asked the questions I'll know the answer if I haven't asked the question I won't but the whole purpose of it is that their planet died off much like we think Mars did and Earth may have before and they knew it was going to happen so they built this massive mothership which is like a whole artificial planet but which I've been in it's just humongous um, so they get away so I like to call that Noah's Ark because it is a spaceship However, living in space over a number of generations, um, they lost their, their their ability to reproduce. They became infertile. So they started working on fertility issues medically. They are ahead of us, but I think they're I think they're only like I don't know, hundred years ahead of us. I don't think they're thousands of years ahead of us, technologically. Um, and they developed IVF or donor eggs or donor sperm. Or, and and fertilizing in in a test tube. I mean, they don't use a test tube, but they're equivalent. Yep. And then implanting them in a human surrogate, if you like. But the thing is, we didn't give consent. Okay, there's where I get angry. There was no yep. consent. This is like being raped. And I don't know why I love them, but I do.
4: <laughs> yeah. They're
3: kind about it. They are kind. They're never cruel. And they do their best to make you comfortable and answer any questions. And, But it's not right. There's no way, I don't care what anybody says, I would consented to, to having three babies taken from my uterus. And each time that's happened on earth, I've had to have the surgery. You're, you're a married man. I mean, I can be uncomfortable for some people, but I've had to have DNCs after what appeared to be a miscarriage. There was a fetus on an ultrasound and there wasn't a fetus on the ultrasound. But anyway, I had to have repairs. So there's – and there were positive pregnancy tests. There's a lot of evidence. So I did have an investigative journalist look right into me and check out every angle, and she couldn't find anything against what I was saying, and she could only find evidence that it happened. So I know that that can be checked out. Um, So they do that to – they also want to live here on Earth, but they can't quite. The environment's not quite right. They can't breathe here for more than a couple of hours – as we can't breathe there for more than a couple of hours. I feel sick when I come back. Um, their environment is colder than ours, so their body temperature is lower, so we would die of hypothermia in no time up there, and they would die of heat exposure here. So what they want to do is adapt to the environment, and the best way to adapt to the environment is to become us. So if you have a Negro man and a, I don't know, an Asian woman, or it doesn't matter, but two different races, breed the child looks like both of them they might have very dark skin if you're lucky and then they can they can adapt to the sun so it's really just about that it's about surviving here on earth and apparently there are a lot of humanians, as i like to call them on the planet walking around us already and i think you know i walk down the street and think oh there's one there's one and they'll look at me and i'll look at them and there'll be some sense of it um they liken that to the aborigines you know how they recognize each other even if they look white yeah yeah so it's that sort of thing. So um, that's the purpose, so that they can live on this planet, unencumbered, unattacked. I think we've got racism issues anyway, haven't we? Yeah,
2: oh, it's Humanians. everywhere, unfortunately.
3: So I think it's going to be really difficult. But I dream of, envision, hope for a future where human will be working at a coffee shop I've just ordered coffee for, or will be my jo- doctor. Yeah. Or be the nurse, or you know. Um, and I think it'll happen. I think I'll be dead, but I think it'll happen.
2: <laughs> Without <laughs> a doubt, it'll be unfortunate. You won't get to see it happen. I don't think a lot of us will see it in our lifetimes. But I understand well, I ha- what you're saying, though.
3: In my lifetime, it might happen in my lifetime. But humans are racist, and if we're racist, we're going to be. I like to say they're another race, but they're, they're not quite. They're not a different species either because they're too much like us, and they are compatible with us biologically. But they're not the same as humans. Um, the same as humans in their personalities and their way of living, and they've got families and culture and things they like and things they don't like. And So, yeah, and, and they, they can breed with us with a bit of help, bit of medical help. So yeah. that's the purpose. And then they take the, these babies and they're doing it all over the planet and there are, I don't know how many, but at least thousands, probably tens of thousands of men and women being taken in every country um, right now as we speak to be used for fertility experiments so that they can breed their half uh, hybrids and let the ones that can't – you don't know which DNA you're going to get. So the ones that didn't end up looking human enough have to go back and live with them. And the ones that live human enough and can survive on the planet come back with the parents here.
2: Yeah, okay, wow, that's amazing.
3: So they still we still have – the babies still have a mother and a father, human. Yeah. It's like a third parent, DNA spliced in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty incredible that they've managed to do that to sort of sustain the life and their species, I suppose.
3: Well, there's another reason. Graham said to me that all their knowledge, like we have books, computers, whatever, but all their knowledge is on their DNA. They reckon mouses too. We just haven't worked out how to access it. So our ancestors' knowledge and memories, well, mine are on my DNA and yours are on yours. We just yep. can't, like, grab all of them except, you know, it might be snippets. So he said that they need to continue their knowledge. They know too much and they'll lose it.
2: Well, that's one thing too. Like, so wouldn't that be like, um, obviously, they're a bit more advanced than us. Wouldn't they have the technology there to sort of be able to um, store that somewhere like of their history? So like we do like a, I Yeah, like... they do.
3: On this mothership that I went on, Graham took me to a room. He's obviously the boss of the program because they all bow to him and I felt quite privileged being in there. They weren't bowing to me. So it was pretty amazing. And he, he sort of wiped his hand in front of the door and here's this microchip operating the door again. And we go in and there's all these levitating tables. It looked like a science lab. And he said the walls are, think slides, you know, like in a lab, two glass slides of blood in between, only much thinner and not that, but similar concept, right? All over the walls, which were stories high, um, was everybody's DNA, including animals and plants from all over the universe. That's what they're doing. They're collecting samples of everything. Like our astronauts did on the moon, are on Mars. We're just right at the beginning. So yes, there is a massive library, but what happens if something happens to that?
2: Yeah, no backup storage or something like that. Well, that's the backup. backup.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an awful lot of work to lose. So you know, if if it's lost, so yeah, if you're a grey, you'll be able to. You'll know how to access it on your own. DNA. Yeah,
2: no, that's fair enough. So d- did they mention like how far they had travelled to get to us at all?
3: I didn't. Uh, I'm not good at numbers and distances anyway, and I didn't ask that. But um, definitely out of this galaxy. Yeah.
1: Okay. Wow. So it's even out a galaxy. Okay. Wow.
3: There's way more planets than we know. I mean, obviously we've discovered an awful lot just in the last ten or twenty years, but there's heaps more. And and they tell me that so many of them are inhabited. It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised they sort of picked us out of all places. Like, if there's something to choose from, did they mention, like, why they picked us?
3: Yeah, because it's beautiful. It's got the resources. It's got water. It's got iron. It's got gold. It's got um, food sources, lots of plants. It, you know, it's got animals. It's, it's a pretty special planet.
2: It is. It is a wonderful planet. And unfortunately, um, humans destroy, decide to go and destroy every single inch of it when they can. But um, it still has its beauty where there was left there of it. So I, I don't blame them.
3: No, but also we're not the only planet they're doing it with. That's the other thing. There are other other planets that they're interbreeding with so that their people can live there. So really, the whole universe, the planets that are more advanced than us, are very multicultural. We are so far behind. We're in kindergarten or not even.
2: Yeah. So I'm trying I'm to put like a big speculation out here. Do you think they could be doing this to sort of like... Um, sort of take over and sort of long process of, you know, invading in its own way?
3: Well, that's the fear, and that's a very human fear. I don't believe so. I could be wrong, but not from what I'm seeing. I I think they will just share it with us, not take it over. Yeah. That's why I said it's it's a combination of anger and love and gratitude and resentment and all of those opposite emotions Um, because it's a privilege to be part of it as well, but yeah, I w- there's no way I wouldn't take my children like I just wouldn't.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I sort of like think like it's, humans are good for it themselves. They'll think they're doing the right thing by, you know, sort of trying to take over a certain area, you know, thinking they're doing the right thing by it and, but in a sense trying to do it for their own benefits, if you call it that.
3: Yeah, well, well, the girls are doing it for their own benefits too, let's face it, but they're exchanging yeah. it for technology. Um, I do think, I know we're being told, and no doubt correctly, that aliens have been around for millions of years, and I'm sure that they have. But this particular program did start with Roswell, and they started with um, um, junior soldiers, mostly in the army, but any of the forces that would no no one would miss if you want if you know what I mean. Yeah, I say, yeah. But lists of names of unknown soldiers, and they were usually really young. And they were given permission by our American government, who think they're the lead of the world, but they're not, <laughs> to take um, these soldiers and use them for breeding experiments. So that's what happened. And my biological father was, in fact, in Iceland in the English Army in 1947. <laughs> yeah. Or for a couple of years anyway. <laughs> so
2: he could have been involved somewhere.
3: Yeah, so, and I don't really know any more than that because I didn't grow up with him, but it just, every time I find another piece of the jigsaw, it's like, oh, aha, that bit too, you know?
2: Yeah, because there is talks of where, like, the people who do get experienced, like, constant abductions, there's talk of, like, a a blood contract. I'm sure you would have have heard that before. Yeah,
3: I'm just, I, I like to use my own lingo. I'm not into that sort of
2: thing. It's a horrible way to sort of put it. It just
3: sounds—it sounds awful, and I don't think they have any ill intent, to to be honest.
2: Yeah, but either way, there's some sort of like contract there that gets arranged throughout uh, one family member's life there, and they agree for their offspring, which I find is a bit harsh and Not rude a in a certain way. Than but... that.
3: I think blood contract sounds like the mafia, and I'm out to kill you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's the DNA, so. My biological father's DNA, It may have gone back further than that, but we'll just start there. Yep. And then I've inherited a bit of grey DNA from him and then my children have inherited a bit from me, but they've also, if they're taken, we'll just we'll leave that out, my earth children, yep. um, then they would be getting more and each generation has more and more grey DNA. Now, when I was a baby, my non-believing parents described me as having a pointy head, two bumps on my chair, on my head, eyes that took up half my face and no, no mouth and no nose. Like, you just described a grey. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't look like that now, but as a baby, when I was born, that's what I looked like.
2: Yeah, that's actually sort of something I was wanting to bring up earlier too. It was like, how did your parents feel? Like, surely you would have brought it up to them going, all this sort of stuff's happening.
3: It's awful, and I, I don't want to go too far into it. They're not supportive, they're against me. They don't believe it. But they don't believe in life on other planets. Yep. Full stop. They believe that humans are the only ones and it's not possible. Yet, everyone else that I ever meet seems to believe me.
2: Which is a good thing.
3: Yes, it is. And, and apart from that, I actually do have some some evidence. Quite a bit of evidence.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's true, awesome. Yeah. That, that's awesome that you, like, you found a lot of support down the track there. It's unfortunate that your family didn't seem to want to um, help you in the situation,
3: but... But it's... I've got one teenage granddaughter that is aware of it all and fully supportive. But, you know, I just – I really don't want to talk too much about them because, you know, they're my kids and they don't need to be brought into it.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough. Um,
3: but my family of origin, I mean,
2: not Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's what I was sort of getting at. Um, yes, it's, it's, yeah. Because like, I suppose it was sort of that time too where that sort of topic was frowned upon or shunned away or criticised. and Well, criticized I just
3: I learnt real fast not to say anything. But, you know, but, and, and there is a God, but <laughs> God sent me the right people. I mean, I got sent Victor Chang, who took me under his wing. I got a high school science teacher, who's also now dead, who was an alien abductee, who had an near-death experience. I, I just met the right people. So it just really doesn't matter. Yeah. So all throughout my life, I've met the right people, so. No,
2: that's good. Um, we need a lot more of people with that sort of support there for people who do go through his experiences there. Because... Unfortunately, a lot of people just want to seem to continue to laugh at this whole topic when there's, like, so much to sort of fathom with this sort of topic and it just continuously just gets shunned, criticised, you know, the stigma behind it is
3: horrible. Ridiculous. Well, um, mental illness does exist and hallucinations do exist, but there's a very big difference and it's not hard to tell the difference if you talk to them properly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, it's something that we, like... I know you yourself have been working for years there trying to bring this all forward and support a lot of people, which is absolutely a fantastic and amazing thing you're doing. So, which um, sort of brings me to your book there because like you a, um, authored a couple of book, books there to sort of support and help people through this sort of stuff.
3: Yeah, um, it's the same book twice because uh, the colour print was expensive. I want to keep it to absolute minimum cost so <laughs> people can afford to buy it uh, yep. because it's not... I don't make any money out of it. So... It's called Humalian, the of ones on Amazon. Don't go for third-party copies. And then there's one called Humalian 2, O. Two so it's the same print. The picture's just not as pretty and it's not as good quality paper. But it doesn't matter. It's got the same information in it. Um, and I've kept it simple so that, uh, not dumbed it down, but so that a child or an older child, maybe 12 onwards, could. it would help them to realise that they are not alone doing it and it would also help adults that are trying to work through it. Or people that are new at it, so I haven't written it as if the person reading it knows all about it. Uh, it's a simple little book, but I sense seems to have helped people.
2: That's good. No, it's for I'll throw a link up there so people can um, obviously go and look into it. Uh, was it Amazon? Was it?
3: Yeah, just do the Amazon ones. There's a lot of people trying to steal it and sell it for triple the price.
2: Yeah, no, we don't want that. I don't want to rip people off. No,
3: made major dramas with that. So just Amazon, the original copy.
2: No worries, I'll throw a link up for that one there in the comments there at some point. And so then um, if anyone who is interested can go and jump on it and um, have a bit of a read. Um, so I do have a question here from someone uh, asking, how did you breathe on the mothership of the greys there?
3: All right, well, it's like medical, that's a fair question and it's quite an in-depth answer. So I may not be able to answer it completely here, but but it's in the book. Um, it's a medical procedure, okay? Babies are conceived in the usual way. And, and I think there was a father right, a human father. I even think I know who that is, but let us it's still medical. They go in through laparoscopy and they go into you. Is this a man or a woman asking the question?
2: Uh, man, I think. Okay. <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> no, they go into your female bits and, and go to your eggs and remove your eggs and fertilise the eggs. And they come back at like six weeks and about 10 weeks and then at 12 weeks to 15 weeks. And each time they, they remove the fetus, Take it away. We couldn't do this on earth. The fetus are dying. There's no question. Spl- somehow, surgically, and I didn't see this done, but I asked the question, splice in some more of their DNA into the baby's DNA, re-implant it in the side of my uterus or the surrogate mum's uterus, inject the side of the uterus with something that makes it take, probably a hormone, um, and they check on the baby. And then at about three months, but the latest one I had was five months, they, when they think the baby's doing well, they take it. No consent night time you're pregnant one day and you're not pregnant the next um because you're pregnant for a few months on earth you have ultrasounds blood tests positive pregnancy tests all of those things i then mean, suddenly overnight the fetus is gone and um i did see that in another person which is helpful for me um, a patient that i had many years ago nursing and um she was actually eight months pregnant, so I haven't seen anything like that. And she had all the ultrasounds, all the tests, and she came into emergency late one night because she couldn't feel the baby moving. And I did the ultrasound and there was no baby. And the poor woman, this was a long time ago, they sent her off to the psych unit. But she had ultrasounds. She had proof there was a fetus there. She looked pregnant. She had she still had the the amniotic sac and anyway, so I think they do it more than you think and some people might think they just had a miscarriage, but it's not likely. There's usually other things around it that go with it. So it's medical procedures. You can laugh if you like, but it's not sex with aliens. I get asked that all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're missing early your enjoyment there.
3: <laughs> people like to play with it. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, no, there's some fascists out there, I'm sure. <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, you must admit, uh, like. It was one of the questions I was going to bring up for the breathing side of things, but um, they um, they ask breathing, like the respiratory side of things. How, like, how do you breathe yeah. on the...
3: Okay, well, side? I can breathe there, but I come back feeling very sick. When yep. I come back, I'm really pale. Um, I'm struggling to breathe, and I usually throw up, and I've got a headache, right? that's Every time. That's how I know I've been, first thing that happens. Um, so like I said at the beginning, they have much lower oxygen levels than we do. Because I, I asked and the, the reason they're gray is because they've got a different um, blood gases different levels of oxygen like we'd be blue but they're gray because that's what that's their normal color um, from their blood and yeah well they can't do it here and I can't do it there we, we get a couple of hours and we we both feel sick when it's it's said and done
2: yeah no, that's fair enough too um, so what about like um, their skin uh, perplexion and all sorts of stuff. Like, is like, obviously because our skin is affected a lot with the sun and all sorts of stuff. Do they have yeah. much to do with sun-wise wise things?
3: Well, yeah, very much, and that's why they have big eyes because they're used to being in the dark. And on the ships, it's quite dark. I find it. Yes, you know, it's, it's like twilight. Um, <clears throat> they don't. They can't cope with lights. Apart from the that, they hurt their eyes. They also burn their skin. Um. So you know they're they're more pasty than grey, in in my description. But they feel like um, a dry mushroom. Oh, yeah. It's a cool, maybe slightly hair. I'm, I'm not sure. If it is, it's microscopic, but soft. That's the best I can give you that's what they feel like.
2: Yeah, okay. So with, uh, they, were they naked or were they like sort of like a bit of a fire no, suit on the, or something?
3: It's another question. Why are <laughs> aliens always naked? Yeah. They're not. <laughs> it's just a flesh-colored onesie, like baby's onesie, because that's their space suit. Don't our astronauts wear a space suit?
2: Yeah, it's bulky and you know yeah, you can't see the inside. Yeah, but that's the
3: technology's behind. Yeah, that's all it is. So no, it's a head to toe onesie. Yeah, wow, that's
2: it's incredible. It's basically
3: flesh coloured. If you look, you can see it's there, and you know it's it's there. They don't seem to wear gloves.
2: So, I wonder so what the purpose of that? Is if they're not wearing like a full gloved sort of well, bodysuit?
3: It's some um, temperature protection. I don't know. There might be might be oxygen in it. I I don't know, but definitely temperature. And they've got to wear clothes. They've got modesty factors like we do.
2: Yeah. So obviously they do have some sort of genitalia and all sorts of stuff as well.
3: Yeah, they do. Oh, look, I've never looked. I've never looked at it. Yeah. And again, I get asked that a lot. But yes, um, the men have penises and the women have vaginas, and they're biologically compatible with us, and their breeding process is exactly the same as ours. Yeah. Otherwise, fair. they couldn't use us, could they?
2: No, that's right. So there's obviously big similarities there between us. So. Yeah.
3: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, definitely. So. Um, I think it might have been you I might have been speaking to a while back in regards to the cow mutilization mutilations. So Oh
3: <laughs> <laughs> funny story about that. It's, I don't know, it's funny, but it's a story. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, look, um, I think I was talking to you about it, and you you say these uh the Greys are involved in the cow mutilations.
3: Well, personally I've only had one experience with that. And what happened was I'll try and keep it short. Um I've had three different microchips, so that's just simply the tracking device, okay? Yep. Uh, But it's the same thing, only more advanced, that Graham uses in his hand for doors and tests and things. So the human body, I've got one behind my ear now that doesn't seem to be as much of a problem, but when I was about eight, I got my second one. As a baby, it was in my nose, and then it was under my left knee, and now it's behind my left ear. Now, my body kept... kept, um, trying to eject the one in my knee and it would pass up and come to the surface and then I'd try and get it out and it would go back. And I'd go to doctors, mum would take me to doctors, I went to doctors and they said, look, it must be something like a piece of glass from a falling over as a child, but I had no memory of that and I had no scar from where it was. So anyway, this particular day it had partly come out. I knelt down on the carpet to pick something up and it got caught in the thread of the carpet and ripped out and... This was no piece of glass or piece of gravel. It looked kind of—it looked like a quartz mix of something else, but more like quartz than anything else. It was cone-shaped, about that long, with a pointy end, a cone, and and a view in there, and it telescoped into itself, like that, folded oh, up. Wow. I know. That was no naturally occurring object so i put it i washed the blood off it, did the mess and put it on the back of my kitchen bench i was going to throw it out and something went, no no keep it um but it was gone in the morning but also i had this new implant they'd come back and put it in now the reason this matches up the cow mutilations is because someone tried to break into my house the same night as the implant came out so phew, guardian angels working overtime coincidence take it take it as you will but this night my implant came out. So they would have gotten a lot of static and interference as if the implant had been removed or the person had been injured and they came down. They're good, to, they're good to their own. And their ship was hanging over my backyard and my dog was going silly all night. And I remember going to the back door and looking out and going, oh, hi, I knew it was by this stage. Yeah. <laughs> And they went back to bed. Oh, and they when they do whatever they do, you can't stay awake. Um, I liken it to medical sedation, but I don't really know what it is. I didn't go and check on my children. I would never get up even at that stage to go to the loo without checking on my kids. But I just went crash, back to sleep. And then in the morning, I didn't really remember. But going to work at 10 to 9, I remember exactly where I was. Um, Hands Tall was on the radio. It was 2WS before it was FM and I was on Sunny Holt Road going to work at a a drug company, okay, at Castle Hill. You just have to be careful which bits you tell and (laughs) which bits you don't. Um, And then an announcement came over the radio saying that a human body had been found like cow mutilations at the back of a certain street, which was my street. So I got to work and I rang the station and said, what did you find? And they said, we'll get the manager. The woman that answered said, we'll get the manager. And the manager, who was a man, said, we've been told a pull story. And he was shaking. You could hear it in his voice. And he hung up on me. So I rang the police. And I said, listen, I know something about that. I want want to tell you what happened when when the ship was there. Um, And the policeman said to me, we know it's not human. Case closed. So, yeah, I was told it was like car mutilations. I didn't see the body, but it was exactly where the ship was. They'd told me not to go out, and someone had been trying to break into my house. Wow. They killed him. Yeah. So that's not... There's nothing funny about that, but they do protect... And I would never, obviously, kill someone, but they protect their own.
2: That's strange. It sort of makes me wonder, like, is someone on the outside keeping an eye on you sort of had an idea that there's a frequency there to go and track you, knowing that this device was now out in the open for the taking and trying to grab it maybe?
3: Well, I think they watch us continually. I mean, not every second of every day, but they tune in on their their subjects, their experimental subjects, and they would have gotten a signal saying that I was in trouble. Yeah. I wasn't actually in trouble. It had just come out. (laughs) But... As they got there, someone had been trying to break into my house and that's the man they killed, according to the police.
2: Yeah, so you didn't see the actual guy that was trying to break in? No. no. Yeah, it Yeah, that really makes me wonder. Like, I think someone was sort of having a good idea of what's going on in your life there. And
3: yeah. Well, my phone had also been tapped because I'd had someone come out to test the landline um, yeah. and there was a, a cut where the bug had been put and the man that, that tested it said, I said, will you put that in writing? Because before phones, or I could have photographed it. Um, before mobile phones took photos, I mean. Um, And he said, no, but there's absolutely definitely been a bug there. So, yeah, yeah. But I'm not the only one now. They can go follow someone else.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fair enough, too. That's fair enough. That's still scary, um, knowing that you were sort of on the brink of something happening to you and your family there.
3: Well, I think we would have all been killed that night. That's what Graham told me anyway. And that's what the police suggested. Yeah. So, um, the, the the police were were nice. Every time something like this happens, the police are nice. They believe it. They don't treat me like a nutter.
2: Yeah, well, it's good. Well, I suppose they've got to keep it professional too, though. But you know, it's... Well, yeah, no. But
3: I don't report everything, obviously. But the times like that where police have been involved, there hasn't been any question. Yeah, you know, I mean, the body's there. It's cut kind of open. There's no no organs and no drops of blood anywhere, and no nothing known to man can do that.
2: Yeah. that's Precise. So like, like people, um, I've spoken to on the guys as well, like they reckon cauterization, you know, like which is a thing, but you know, it just takes one little nick, even with cauterization, it's still gonna spurt out an artery or something like that, you know, it's not gonna cover all the blood or stop the blood.
3: And if they cauterized it, it'd still be the blood would still be in the veins. Whereas these people and this particular body was exsanguinated, no blood left.
2: Yep, completely drained. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing. Like, um, Yeah, I can't think of anything that we can do at the moment. Like you're saying, it's got to be them.
3: Well, there's lots more stories that link into that that might explain a bit better, but they they can't be told in five minutes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, I think we've still got a bit of time, if we can find my time. We've still got about like 10 minutes, half an hour, depending on your time, if you've still got more to can oh, right. share. so.
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Plenty more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, look, uh, continue on. Like, where, like, obviously, um, like... Okay, you've... so
3: that's the cattle mutilations. All my life I've seen a lot of UFOs, and when other people are with me, they see them too. I don't... There's always other witnesses, okay? The best couple were... A, a, um, I had a girlfriend staying here. Yep. We are out in the backyard, it was summer, it was dusk, and this they looked like a star in the beginning. Light started coming towards us really fast, and she spotted it, even though she'd never seen one before, not me, and she said, what's that? And I went, oop, oh. came right down, super high speed, right to over my house. It was the size of the roof of a, of a house. It, all I could see was silver flat. It was still enough daylight. I ran out the front and followed it down the driveway and it went really slowly and let me have a look. So, And this girl, this woman, is standing watching it. So I'm not imagining it when there's other witnesses. Um, and then it just took off. So it was like they were showing me their new car.
2: <laughs> so you got a fair so, bit of detail out of it.
3: Yeah, it was great. It was just fantastic. Um, and then one New Year's Eve, I live on the central coast, everyone knows that, so... <laughs> It's no great secret. And there's a lot in Brisbane Waters, the, the body of water at Gosford Waterfront is called Brisbane Waters. And there's a lot of sightings there. They come in and out of the water. Everybody, well, a lot of people see them. There's no question. But this particular New Year's Eve, my granddaughter and I were watching the fireworks and there were five red orbs watching the fireworks with it so we could see them really clearly. We were on the other side from the crowd down a side street um, on the water in sort of one of the estuaries. And in front of us was a police boat, close enough for us to see the men on board, or no women, and hear them talking. Not what they were saying, but that's how close they were. So after the fireworks, I said to my granddaughters, let's just wait. And they came down really close to us, like, I hope it's papers with numbers. So if you've got a pointed roof of a house, it would be that high, the top of the point, not a flat roof house. And went really slowly, and the police, the radios are going, the lights are flashing, there's helicopters coming in. That's <laughs> really quite exciting. And the police started, they started going slowly in front of the police boat, so they took off. And the the UFOs or grey alien spaceships, if you want me to be blunt, <laughs> yep. were they'd go slow, they'd stop and wait for the boat to catch up, they'd go slow again. They will play cat and mouse. They were playing. <laughs> They were absolutely not there to harm anyone, and then when the police boat got really close, they just took off.
2: Oh, tell you what, one thing I was, and like a lot a, of people saw them. No, one thing I've noticed, is like with these um, craft sightings, you know, people seeing alien crafts, or whatever, they're a big tease.
4: Oh, uh, like
2: people saying like, oh, us. love it, and then like, it's just, they so just want to see it again, but never go and see it. Like some are lucky like enough to see it again, but so a lot of other people are just there forever trying to find it. Find the same experience, or well, try find answers. Within a few
3: days, sorry.
2: Yeah, you're all right. You take it.
3: Within a few days of that experience, okay, that was um um oh, it doesn't matter. I just have to be careful because some things are in the in the media and names. Yeah, that's and fine. So within a week of that experience, I was parked at a red traffic light, and it was ten to five at night. So it was still daylight. It was peak hour. And here, I don't know if you know Gosford, but there's a secret army base, but it's really just a training base. And <laughs> Erin, it's not so secret, but it always seems to be closed. And that was on my right. So I was parked, stopped. I wasn't driving. And all the cars around me were also looking up, seeing it. Again, not my imagination. The, a police helicopter flew down really low, just above the power lines. Underneath it was a typical, like the one on your picture, above your yep. head only without the lights um yep. clearly single person spaceship stuck to the bottom of a helicopter so I just sat there with my mouth open and saw it go into and dis- into the army base and disappear behind the bushes broad daylight just, and I figure it was like the NRMA and a broken-down spaceship yep so, so you know these are physical experiences these are not dreams or out-of-body things or tr- drug, drug, bleh, drug trips or yeah. mental illness. Not when everybody around you can see it too.
2: No, that's, that's the thing too. I was about to ask you like, did, was there any like reports of anyone seeing this?
3: Well, by that stage, I'd given up ringing the police. But um, I did on that New Year's Eve, and they said, "Oh, look, we just give up. We can't. We're not going to deny it. We can't. We can't keep up with the number of calls." So the police one said, "Yeah, yeah, there were UFOs there." So I don't think Gosford police deny it at all. But well, yeah. I didn't ring after this particular incident. However, the rest of the traffic was watching with me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, half the world watching these things there are still wondering what's going on sometimes.
3: Well, um, I knew what was going on. I knew what it was. I've seen them before. I've seen them landed. I've been in them. And I'm yeah, just you've been lucky. Like,
2: you've yeah? been incredibly lucky. But the people who haven't had your experiences there would be wondering, what's that? So
3: well, it leaves I a lot of questions. I think it's simply was part of the breeding program by birth, by chance. Okay, I didn't choose that. But I got on really, really well with my abductor. <laughs>
2: That's a good thing.
3: <laughs> and that helped. He just, you know, he allowed me to ask questions. He gave me answers. He was nice to me. He would have a giggle. He was, he was gorgeous. He is gorgeous. He's just a really old man now. Um, that helps a lot. So I think I got shown things I didn't necessarily have to get shown.
2: Yeah, so you're definitely one of the lucky ones there because from the people I've spoken to in regards to this sort of thing like the abductions and that, they don't really seem to remember anything or even get remotely an introduction to what's about to happen to them.
3: You're going to ask, and I, I had a bit of a rant and begged them, said, you will explain this to me. <laughs> <laughs> You've
2: been a they lively one. and did. <laughs> uh, they would have been, oh, we've got a lively one here, righto. Well, we can't yep. argue with this one. Yep. <laughs> Definitely lucky, like, but see a lot of people like, like even like you're saying like you heard you saying you get angry with them because like l- the biggest realization of this whole thing is you have no control of what's going to happen to you or when or where this thing is going to happen. Not and none. to me that's the scariest part. of This whole genre altogether. Yeah,
4: um,
2: and I think that's what scares a lot of people too. Because like you, and I think that's what nothing that uh, what people are more afraid of than anything is something they can't control.
3: And I agree. And I've had to really work through this. and It hasn't been easy and I still have good and bad days. But I managed to have a normal life and um, not talk about it that much. But I've, most of my friends know, have known all my life and believe it. So that makes it easy. Um, it's, I mean, of course, that's supportive, but that's not the aim of it. They, they just believe it. They've seen things with me. But, no, it is traumatic. It, is, it could be scary. I just, I just stomped in there and went, "You will not do this to me!" I, I, I they still did it, but at least they explained why, and so I was a little bit more, oh, "Okay, I see your point of view." Like yeah. you and I, with Venus, remember? Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a good right. discussion that one. <laughs> we finally got there.
3: Yeah. So I think. For me, but I think for most human beings, understanding helps you to not fear. Fear is usually from not knowing what's going on. Yeah. Because I now know exactly what's going on, and I want to know more, and I want to go so that I can see my children. And there's no more medical procedures for me now. They've done. They're done with that side of things for me. So the, you still. They're still. We're still useful to them, but it's kind of like we're rewarded afterwards.
2: Yeah.
3: But. I feel like I'm related to them. I feel like family to me, and like you can't change that.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So why don't they seem to be doing this with other people as well? Like, what makes you special? Do you think that I'm not you special? Just yeah. Obviously, there was something there that they sort of kept coming back to you to go on. And...
3: I really, I really think that's what it was. Graham liked me, and I liked him. Honestly, I do. Plus, at least I had, like, you know, I had Victor Chang. And I watched yep. the first heart transplant in the back room, and I know that man's alive, so I can't give you his name. Exactly who did that? And I answered questions; they asked me questions. So much happened around that that my life wouldn't be worth living if we said it on this. <laughs> um, and the aliens saw that, so I don't know. I just got put in the right spot.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it was definitely one of the special and lucky ones there to sort of have that sort of Not
3: relationship. Not special. <laughs> Not special. I'm a lab rat, but I <laughs> like. I like them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I'd, 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 I suppose special wouldn't be the right word, but like you're, I'm trying to think of the word now, like you're lucky enough just to eyes. have that sort of, you yeah. know, where people are just like, they just get picked up and thrown back into their beds and they're just sort of going, did something happen? Or instead still yep. questioning everything for the rest of their life.
3: Well, I still get those times, but I've now had enough times that I do remember that I know what's going on by circumstances around it. I'm yeah. cold to the bone, shivering, because it was cold up there. I'm hypothermic. I've got a, a migraine. I get migraines anyway, but it's a different kind of headache from not enough oxygen. You know, I just I just know. And I also, usually I wake up before I hit the bed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, God. Nice. Oh, God, here we go again.
2: <laughs> so they're not putting Plus, you back I've gently. Usually,
3: <laughs> I've usually seen a ship beforehand when I'm awake, hovering yep. around. There's usually a police helicopter above my roof. They stand there for that. They hover or go, you know, around for an hour and a half one night. But um, I went outside, well, even during the day. But it's always at the same time. I mean, police helicopters come anyway, but they come at the same time as a spaceship, is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah. So they got something on their radars they're looking for. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, they're, they're looking for it.
3: And I went outside when they were annoying me one day because it was just too loud, too low, too long. Yeah. And waved. And they took off
2: strange so <laughs>
3: yeah plus a neighbor told me that one of the nights that i went she saw a sheep above my house so she was outside having a smoke
2: <laughs> yeah wow so can you describe these crafts for me like, like... yeah
3: most of, there's several different sizes of the round ones yep there's one person ones um there's four person ones but when i get in that one i'm so squished up because i'm not small anyway But Humans are just too big for them. Yeah. There's metal seats that seem to be moulded in, but there's no... And windows closed. so when you're moving, you can't see or feel anything. But they can open the windows and you can see the stars later on.
1: That'd be beautiful.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it is. (sighs) It is beautiful. Um, I can't see any controls, and so I've asked about that, and they've said the same old microchip that I thought was magic.
2: (laughs) Yep.
3: (laughs) Um. Look, I've got one of those bank rings. Do you have those? Bankwest bank has a ring. No. Yeah. It's before phones tapped a couple of years ago. They came Oh, up. I know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little chip and yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah.
3: And still, when I pay for things on it, people say I've never seen one of those. I go, they're so cool. I don't know why everybody hasn't got it.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, and I, my joke is here, I'm an alien.
2: <laughs>
3: How did you make it ping? There's no phone there.
2: Yeah. No. I remember them now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do know what they are now. Yeah. So it's yeah. Basically, it's a if I remember correctly, it's a rubber sort of ring like those little um. No, it's bands. um ceramic. Oh, okay. Oh, ceramic.
3: Come in black and white. So I'll do an I'll do a plug for bank. Yeah. Visit.
2: There you go. There you go. <laughs> Advertise for them.
3: And I, I think they're about thirty nine dollars. But then there's no bank fees anywhere. Yeah. Wow.
2: Well. Oh, I you know go. it's all
3: great. You've got a card as well if you want it. It's on your phone as well if you want it. But you, until we had to check in for COVID, I could go for a walk with just a ring on, or I could go yeah. for a swim. Yeah. So it's like that. The reason I brought that up is, it's that plus, that. Imagine when, when they put our driver's license on it, our Medicare number, our house key, our yeah. turn the light switch on like a smart house. Like you put all of that in a microchip. They put it in a ring. They put it in a hand. They've done it anyway, humans. Yeah. Uh, only I saw this before we had this development. So, you know, I knew about microchips in hands way before they were on Earth. And so it's a little bit easier now for me to give you an example of something that it looks like than it was a couple of decades ago.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of um, the uh, the old sci-fi movies sort of helped along that process too, like um, sort of introducing this sort of technology. Yeah. Um, you know, the flip phones, you know, people talking like a little – walkie-talkies and that sort of stuff, or even, like, little holograms. Like, we're sort of getting to that sort of side of things.
3: Well, I got a hologram from Claire, my eldest daughter. Yep. Um, because she'd had another baby and COVID was on and they wouldn't let me go.
2: Oh, yeah, bloody COVID.
3: <laughs> so, anyway, but, and I said, well, why can't you do what my daughter-in-law that lives overseas, my human one, does? She sends me videos. <laughs> <laughs> We phone call. Why can't we do that? And she said, well, my phone doesn't match with your phone.
4: So she said,
3: hang on, I'll send you something. And, and, you know, it wasn't a random hallucination. It was organised, part of conversation. So she sent me what I can only describe as a very precisely clear, better than any picture we've got on our tech, um, a hologram of this baby. I couldn't touch it, but I could see it very clearly.
4: Wow.
3: I know. I was just flabbergasted. I was fully awake, so you know, it was a dream. She told me what it was. She says, I can't send you a video because I want something I can keep and show people, of course. Yeah, yeah. But she said, but I can send you the hologram now. So they do try. She says, I am not got a phone. I can't just ring you. I can't send you a video. We don't do videos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bugger. Oh, if only we could have that sort of technology here and where we could just, like, interact. Like, I would love for the day that we can sort of just interact with someone from outer space, you know, Back and forth, but like a little bit of a pen pal sort of thing.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but we will. I am absolutely certain we will, and it's not that far off.
2: Oh, it can't come quick enough for my no. my liking.
3: <laughs> we didn't have mobile phones when we were kids. We didn't have computers when we were kids.
2: Yeah. So that does that, that um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> when
2: you think about technology has gone very fast for the last few decades. It um, has. Like especially like I think it's like when you you even mentioned before like from Ros- Roswell being the start of it all. And I think that's when our technology sort of like electronics-wise really just boomed straight off. Um,
3: yeah. Well, apparently they gave us technology in exchange for lab rates.
2: Yeah. Which is horrible a put, horrible is deal. Truth, <laughs> yeah.
3: And I think what's happened, I think part of what's happened now is that some of it, I feel like I fight through when it's because I love my children, right? Yeah. And because I like Graham. And I have to fight through. But I think a lot of people are remembering and I think that they're letting us. I think it's, they're sedating us a bit less when they take it. They're not making people look crazy when they just have a snippet of a memory and I think people are waking up and that's why I said there's so many more of me out there than I realised until I was the person they were allowed to speak to. Yeah,
2: no, that's fair enough. So they
3: don't want to give their names. They don't want to come out because, no, you know, it's I got right. some bullying in the first place, but I just decided I was going to keep going and, They contact me and and I, oh, God, I've seen some photographs of spaceships I'm not allowed to show you. And it's just, there are (laughs) people out there that remember. And it mightn't be exactly like me, but your day at the zoo mightn't be the same as my day at the zoo either. Yeah, that's right. But there's enough in common for me to go, uh uh-oh. And plus, because I was on TV a few years ago, this woman from America contacted me and said, I was on the mothership, I saw you. I saw you there. Oh, wow. on TV I went, that's her, that's her.
1: Yeah, that's and
3: awesome. And there's a few more people that I'm now friends with, six in total, that one of us have, well, we've seen each other on the spaceship.
2: Yeah. But shortly, obviously no, so, oh, she's obviously got a bit of memory, but you obviously don't have a bit of memory of that?
3: I don't remember her, but I totally believe her. Everything she yep. said was was right, and I now know her really well, and she's not going to make it up. But yep. um, I just believed her. Cause, you know, yeah, she was. when she looked around the room, she could see what I could see looking around the room.
2: Yeah. Well, she's lucky enough to remember it too, so that's awesome. Yeah. That is great. Because like, that, that's but, sort of one of those things. Like, why haven't they got the same sort of people interacting with each other? Like, the, uh, sorry, like you and your friend and other people sort of interacting with each other whilst on this ship? Like, why are they, do they have them, like, stationed in different parts of the ship? Or,
3: Well, I think, in my understanding only, and I must repeat, not the expert, yep. They, um, it was a contract where they promised to keep it secret. So, that's one thing. I think they, sedation's come a long way, like our anesthetics have. So that's better in our lifetime. Um, I think fear blocks people's memory psychologically even without any sedation. Um, if you don't believe in aliens, but you're taken by them on a regular basis, you may, just by virtue of being human, completely block that. You might just see a lot of UFOs and know something's happened, but can't, can't deal with it.
2: Yeah, so a bit There's, of like a repressed memory sort of thing going on.
3: Yeah, whereas some of us, I don't know, I always remember something. But the big memories came since they asked. Don't you dare sedate me that much, I want to remember what happened. Yeah.
2: yeah. So do they actually ask you questions before they take you? Like, like...
3: Well, I've had a lot of conversations with Grandpa Graham over my lifetime. So it's more than I'm going garble, garble, garble. Yeah. <laughs> they're stuck answering the questions. I think they probably wouldn't explain if I didn't ask. And then he's gotten to know me and just sort of goes, on oh, what, not you again? <laughs> yeah.
2: So they're not going through the whole process, like when you go into a hospital asking, like, who you are, you know, nothing like that. Oh, they've
3: on. got a – are definitely – it's a highly organised science program, science experiment. It's just like the ones our astronauts do or we do in labs, you know, like there's control subjects. There's, they take the same group of babies – throughout their life at the same ages, which is why I've seen certain people at certain stages. They've got the big kids looking after the little kids so that they haven't got any toddlers falling over. <laughs> it's, it's all documented. Um, the samples and tests and, and, and things taken every single visit. Um, and we all, the, also the groups. Grandpa Graham's the leader of my group, but there yep. might be a hundred other groups with another leader.
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: He's also the DNA donor. For my group, so that means that these people that remember me are probably actually related to me,
2: yeah. It could very well be, too. Yeah. Um, so on that, I just did have a question then, I've lost it now. Um, oh, the, uh, so with the obviously, because they're hybrids in a sense, do they still stay and have the, like, the same aging process? What we do, like the timeline, like obviously, right.
3: the time and space is different, there's no question. We meet a year as going around the sun, don't we? Yeah. So we have a birthday on the, the day that we were born. They don't count birthdays, so and they can't really because they're in different places in the universe and the time is different. So they do age, absolutely, but it's not... Um, they haven't got sun wrinkles. They tend to melt yep. and crinkle um, and, and bend over, like maybe a bit of osteoporosis, that sort of thing. You can, you can tell the older ones and the young ones. Um, <clears throat> but... Yeah, they don't have birthdays. They count people in stages of development, and it's the same with the abductee humans. So it might be naught to two, not not your one, but your the naught to two stage, whatever they might call it. So that.
2: it's sort of like a leveling system.
3: Yeah, so it's stages of development yep. groups, but the the adults that I have found or have found me, well, they've all found me actually. Um, <clears throat> we've known each other as children. One of them, a girlfriend now, I remember completely hurt i was in charge of her she's not much younger than me as an adult with the same age but she must have been a couple of years younger she is a couple of years younger and i had to look after her and she had a gap in her teeth she'll know who it is <laughs> and fringe and she was short for her age and i remember her name then as an adult i met her and i went oh my god it's you <laughs> and her name had been changed slightly getting no names on this yeah and so she got me a photograph of her at the age I described, and sure enough, that's her. Wow. And then there's another one that I remember. She had to hold my hand. So she was older than me, and she's come out as an abductee. And then I do know the father or the sperm donor or the whatever of my space children. We're not – anyway, <laughs> it's not good. But wanted <laughs> <once> to <laughs> talk about these things, things are bad. Um, well, they're not bad, but they're uncomfortable. Yeah. Then he remembers me and I remember him, so
2: no, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I don't think I people say would too worried about the uncomfortable parts. I think people would be quite interest intrigued to if, be honest.
3: Well if somebody if everybody would come out, because most people just go, oh, I'm not saying it. Yeah. And a high court would summon all of our medical records, summons, um and or subpoena, whatever, subpoena, all of our medical records and police records from when we've reported things and any psychiatric records and pe- case people are and all of the witnesses are there and we've all got our microchips and we've all got a proof of pregnancy and we've all got DNA and I reckon we'd come pretty close to proving it. But too many people are afraid. That's what it is. And that's because the culture since Roswell has been, <clears throat> first of all, they killed them. People came out and then they called them crazy. Yeah. And now people just laugh. But... I don't know if you've noticed, it's been on every mainstream TV channel in the last year.
2: Yeah, and people are still laughing about it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and they're not producing it very well, but at least it's there. I know it's stupid, isn't it? That's what I was saying to you before we started. I mean, they're not like this in Japan. They're not like this in the UK. I don't get laughed at there.
2: Yeah. I think there's still a few people in the UK because we're we're pretty well close to being Aussie-ish as much.
3: Yeah, but they're still better at it. They they believe in ghosts and vampires. Yeah, well,
2: I think it might be a European sort of thing because, like, you know, they come from a big background there where, you know, fairy tales of dragons, vampires and other sort of supernatural sort of things like stories down the years. And I suppose to them that anything that's sort of supernatural or superstitious, I think that's the right word, is, like, the norm for them, you know? They grew up with that sort of environment and that, whereas Australia, we're sort of like our own culture of course we are and i suppose everything that's sort of outside the wacky world of the normal is laughable like i know aussies have a good sense of humor and that well they used to but um you know i don't think we took it as seriously as what they did in europe
3: yeah well whereas you and i have laughed at things that we both know are true just because yeah. it's our culture to do so
2: yeah that's right. Like, like, there are things that you laugh at, but there's also needs to come down to a certain point where you need to respect people because, like, obviously, they're not finding it funny. They're not, if, well, that's if they're not trying to make it funny out of it, but either way, take it seriously and have some sort of respect there just for the fact that like, they could be sharing something that is actual factual.
3: Well, I don't think anybody can make these things up because the things that I've seen and have been talking about aren't on Earth, and I'm not clever enough to have made them up. I couldn't have yeah. been...
2: <laughs> well, see, so that's, that's the other boils thing. boils
3: down to that. <laughs> yeah.
2: that's the other thing too. Like, so many people are having these same experiences, or at least similar.
3: There are,
2: and either these people are congregating and making this big ass plan, you know, to sort of go, "Hey, look, this is what we're going to do to the world. This is what to... right, you've been abducted, you've been probed, or whatever. Like, you know, let's get together and go and try and spread this out so it's a big ass rumor and say it's fake."
3: Well, I've never been probed, but the jokes are always made. But um, I'm sure you know about the male anatomy and the way sperm sperm samples are taken.
2: Yeah. So that's
3: yep. not actually unreasonable.
2: Yeah. So they'll obviously be the, they'll be doing the um,
3: sperm samples.
2: Yeah. Obviously, they'll obviously almost be going to be knocked out. So in a sense, he's probably is being probed in some way. Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> but I don't think they do it that way anymore either. I think that's the way they used to do it.
2: You know, yeah. They have changes too. Yeah. But I think uh, the, the the big thing with the probing thing, I think that came out from a Hollywood thing. Um, from the, uh, camera was nameless, but, uh, I can't remember what name is, but I don't think it was called now. But there was a movie, Hollywood produced it, and the whole probing thing escalated from that. And that's where a lot of the stigma came from the, you know, being abducted by aliens and probing and all sorts of stuff came from that movie.
3: And well, that, like it, the it just was thrown out, it, out, of,
2: yeah. out of perspective.
3: Like one of your questions, like people always basically want to know if you're having sex with aliens, and yeah. the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. But they think it's funny, and they're going to give you a hard time about it. There are other ways. We do have medicine, even on Earth, we have medicine and medical intervention for fertility.
2: Yeah. So yeah, there's obviously processes there. That, to how they're doing it is obviously the biggest question there. Like, obviously you have an idea from your side of things, from the female perspective, but from a bloke's, it could be a number of ways. But we'll, yeah, um...
3: yeah, and I don't think men are taken from my observation in the people that I've met, and they've now there's now a lot of them. Um, I don't think the men are taken as often. Yeah, but that's understandable because you've got to do the medical checks on the pregnant women.
2: Yeah, so that also makes me wonder is like you're saying that they they um, they sort of can't breed anymore on their own, so they're having to use us as a bit of a surrogacy. So from which side does it seem to be? The issues is it from their male side or the female side that's
3: well both I think it's just about excuse me
2: you're making noises
3: (laughs) 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 I think it's um I think it's both because they're in space and not in their natural environment I think we would become infertile living in space too I don't know whether the ISS astronauts come back with low sperm count or lack of you know eggs that aren't working either but things would change. There's been a few generations of them in space and they just couldn't get pregnant. Yeah. So um, it's probably sperm because we're born with our eggs, logically thinking, yep. but I haven't actually asked them that. But I'd say the women's eggs aren't use- useful either.
2: Yeah, because it's also made, um, made me more lean towards it's the females that are having issues maybe producing the eggs or maybe even um, getting through the development stages there of, Fertilisation even.
3: But it has to be both. It has to be, because they're telling me they can't get pregnant on their own. However, my daughter, so that's a few generations down, she's now got two children.
4: Yeah.
3: That are Humalian that live with her that I've seen. Um, and she got pregnant naturally with a partner who's also Humalian. So it's working, whatever yeah. they're doing. The fact that they they're fertile again if they're half human.
2: Yeah, so the reason why I'm sort of leaning towards the the females side of their species having the issues there is because, like you were saying, they take, seem to be taking more female humans for this process. Oh, I
3: get you. Well, that's because they need our uterus. They need to use the womb. Oh, okay, the first so
2: you're surrogating.
3: We're surrogating. Yeah, and then they put them, and I've only just found out, I've heard this from other people, but I've only just found out that it's true because it makes me angry. Then they put them in an artificial womb. Yeah. And when I was given a tour of the other shift, Grandpa Graham said, I'm not showing you the babies because you'll get upset. And I would have. He's right. I would have been really angry yep. at seeing all these babies in fake wombs, you know. But they, so that they are able to take them from us. They can't survive from scratch. But they can, yep. if they've been in us for, for long enough, that's three or four months, um, three to five months maybe, then they can put them in these artificial wombs and grow them to a term. And what he did tell me was that they're, gestational period is much shorter than ours oh wow yeah well there you go yeah so um it's amazing and then we're taken back to cuddle them
2: <laughs> yeah well it's like yeah thanks because for that you
3: know, our, we know that baby human babies die without love
2: yeah I just that feel that's that's a, might sound
3: silly but that's what they need
2: yeah I, I find it's also a bit cruel in its own way too like it's like oh well thanks for surrogating, we're going to take it away for a few months Then you're going to bring it back there to go, oh, look, here it is, after you just mauled and, cool. and is, you know. And that's
3: why I keep saying it is traumatic. It is not a joke. It is not something I could imagine up. I, I certainly wouldn't want to. Yeah. And there are so many conflicting emotions, it's not funny. Plus, I think, um, was it, did you tell me, no, someone else, that most of us have PTSD. Well, i have not major league PTSD, but I've certainly got some. And I have a, a repeated nightmare of my children being kidnapped and I wake up sobbing and I know exactly what's going on. And then in that dream, I ring triple O and they don't answer and I ring and I ring and I ring and no one will help me and my kids are missing. And it's like, I wake up and I go, God, I know what's going on. I know what the dream's yeah. about. And I still had that like a week ago.
2: Yeah. So it's
3: still in awesome. there in my subconscious and that's PTSD, even if I'm functional during the day.
2: Yeah. i even think that's... Like a sort of form of anxiety as well, in its own way.
3: Yeah, maybe that's. Well, I think I've just gotten through that.
2: Yeah, everyone experiences anxiety in their own way. Um, People deal with it in different ways. Um, If you can overcome it, that is fantastic for those people that can. But.
3: Well, my human children nearly got kidnapped once, and it was awful. And I relived this. Yeah, and
2: I couldn't tell anyone. <laughs> so yeah, it's obviously scary in its own way. Like obviously,
3: it's
2: not normal, you know, is it? No, it, it's it's very scary. But, and I think for the majority of the people, like I was saying before, like you know, you got no no control over what's going to happen to you, uh, let alone even your family. So I think that's the the biggest take on this is like, we have no control. Whatever's going to happen, it's going no, to
3: happen. Got no control. And the 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 group of people that say you made a contract before you were born, and I just want to slap them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, from that, on, I think they deserve it too.
3: Um, you know, or you you consented. I no, bloody well did not consent.
2: Yeah. So
3: but uh, I've chosen to, chosen to cope and try and make the best of it. Yeah. And part of helping other people, well, my intent was absolutely to help others that are going through it, but it's helped me as well.
2: Yeah. So I've even heard yeah. that other people there saying, like, well, based on the contract thing, people are saying, well, can't you end it?
3: Well, apparently not. <laughs> I can't answer the why, but apparently not.
2: <clears throat> Which is unfortunate. I, I well, they,
3: thought... What about that doctor that can out of all those microchips and he's got a whole lot of them? Do those people get taken again? Well, I've read that they do because they replace the microchip the second it's out.
4: Yeah,
3: I know I've had three and other people have told me similar stories. So... I don't think you can. And I think it's like we track whales or sharks. I don't know.
2: Yeah, It'll be something yeah, similar, I, th- I suppose, yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, it's not really very nice. No. But I can see the big picture for them.
2: Yeah, I hope it's... In, like, for them, I think, and for us, it is a a good thing. Like, I hope it's, like, the outcome for the whole whatever scenario, idea they've got going on, whatever the end game is, I hope it's going to have a good outcome.
3: I believe and feel, sense, that it will, that it is ultimately good, but there are a lot of ethical questions.
2: Yeah. I think they they have a lot of questions to answer for too. um, They do. And so do our governments on that sense.
3: Absolutely. I've had a go at Grandpa Graham about this. And it's affected my health physically. And he said, we know there are consequences and we're really sorry, but we can't do anything about it. Yeah, so but, it yeah, and our, government, our government consented to taking junior soldiers to use them for a breeding experiment. And now their great-great-grandchildren, or however many generations were down, are still yeah. being affected. So, no, they didn't have any choice in it. I don't think the first person did.
2: Yeah, I think the soldiers might have. They would have sort of been picked through, I suppose, and selected and gone, hey, do you want to go on this special expedition or something like that and see you later?
3: Well, that might, there've got to be other reasons for people to be taken. Like Travis Walton, I totally believe him. Um, yeah. But he was just taken the once because he got in the way of the ship, beam, and got injured and they took him and rescued him, he says. Um, I heard him speak once. so, um, And that was a one-off. It's not through life. It's It's not for breeding purposes, so he didn't get a choice because he was knocked unconscious when they took him. I don't think we ever get a choice.
2: <laughs> I'm trying
3: not. to tell you that maybe some people do, but I don't think we do.
2: Yeah, so uh, I don't know. Like Recently, I don't know how true it is, but with Travis Walton there, one of the guys that was with him, had just recently come out, well, not recently, I think it's been a while now, but he came out saying it was all bullshit.
3: I heard him speak, and I went to a dinner, so it wasn't a one-on-one, but it was a yep. small dinner, and I believed every word he said in person. Um, and I've got a good sense of that. When you read something, you mightn't be able to tell, but he was humble, genuine, traumatised, and he said that that Fire in the Sky movie, and I hope that I'm defending him because that's what I want to do, Yeah. Um, wasn't 100% accurate. and he no, really have
1: that too. That
3: so it's not and he did a lie detector test and so did the other loggers
1: yeah
3: um and i did a, a lie detector test on channel 10 in front of people without knowing what the outcome was and i got 100 percent three times and it was no i've never i didn't know what a lie detector was other than what you probably know but it was done by a federal police lie detector man Yeah. so we'd practice with murderers and he said no lies here no and it was a major medical test thing. It was
4: yep.
1: far
3: bigger than I had had imagined. So if Travis went through that, you can't lie your way through it. You can't.
2: Yeah. It'd be extremely difficult anyway. Like I've heard people can beat them, but I I don't know if that's possible. So
3: I believe him. I just I believe him.
2: Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Look, I suppose like it all comes down to your own perspective or your own opinions on the matter and how you want to approach it really. Um
3: just stuff he said, stuff about inside the ship, stuff about the medical stuff they did to him. Just, uh, they weren't the same as my experiences, but there were similarities. Yeah. And he was, as I said, there for different reasons. So, again, he couldn't have imagined that up.
2: Yeah. No, I'm just, like, generalising from, like, you know, the, yeah. the major public. Like, you know, people have different ideas and perspectives and opinions on everything, you know. And
3: There are people out like there I don't,
2: believe.
3: I don't want to subscribe to, but I will stand up for that one.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So I do have a couple of questions here for you um, before we do get to the end of the show there because we're getting pretty close to it. Um, So uh, one's asking, like, and it's probably going to bring up a couple of our previous discussions too, so you'll like this. So why do the ships look like glowing lights?
3: Oh, well, that's easy. Because, you know, we have headlights on the car. Yep. Well, they actually, their light source is, again, one we don't have. Okay, but the, yeah. the best I can give you is infrared, but it's it's different to that. And I think we just haven't discovered it. And that when the lights are on, they cover the whole ship. Yeah, It's So all you're seeing is the lights. When they turn their lights off, if it's daytime, you'll see the ship. They're not balls of light. They're not plasma. I believe in the spiritual stuff too, but not this. They're spaceships like a car with their lights on, and they can be red. It's a redy, orange, green, or white. And mostly it's gears.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: But when they're almost stationary, they're red. When they're going slowly, they're green. When they're going at high speed, they're white.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a totally different light that we haven't found. So, uh, the way I'm sort of thinking of it is like it's, I don't know if you, um, you've you seen like the night vision red lights in the distance of a camera, but like, it's not giving off a lot of
3: yeah, it's not like glow that.
2: light. But like, I, I sort of like think it's similar in its own way. Well, like I Because guess- not giving a glow to the whole area. It's just the glow to that own little
3: I hear spot. you and I know what you're referring to, but yep. I don't conversation. I don't know how to answer it adequately, other than okay, we have infrared, UVA, UVB. help me here, what else do we have? Yeah, I'm just out.
2: <laughs> yeah we've got a lot of things going. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean.
3: They've got more. Okay, we, we just haven't discovered them. Yeah. So that's what that's why we don't recognise and it, it doesn't behave like ours.
2: Yep. No, that's fair enough. Uh, so also um, go on here.
3: Because also, you... we've got another, another um, i <laughs> lost the plot tonight with words. Um... <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm like that every night when this <laughs> <missing. laughs> Well,
3: there's, just, there's no words to describe this stuff anyway. Let's face it. So there's, we've got air, water, li- liquid, solid, gas, right? Basically. Yep. Plasma. We know about more recently. Yep. They've got another one.
2: So a different element that we, have we haven't got an idea of. <laughs> Yeah,
3: and so that light tunnel they described going up in, when we go back down, you've got to step in it. And I, there I'm frightened, but it's just my fear of heights. It's not. I'm not frightened of them. Yeah. You've got to step into it and you feel like you're floating down. It's all very controlled, but it feels like you're in water, but you're breathing. It's not water. And you can see light that's overlapped like that in dashes swirling around you and nothing oh. on the inside. Our light doesn't do that. Our light no. joys
2: so do you think it might be like a dimensional sort of b- uh, beam of light? No,
3: I think it's a physical elevator.
2: Yeah, okay. That's strange.
3: And talking about going through the roof when they take you up, one time, I was an adult here, so it's easy to remember. Um, when I I was taken up off the bed in the white light, I knew it was happening. I went up through the ceiling and I'm thinking, Why, I must have woken up when I shouldn't have, and I could see cockroaches and I started sneezing. Ugh. Yeah, but that's real. If it was my spirit, yeah. I wouldn't have sneezed.
2: Yeah. So there you go. I've heard like there's a bit of a um, difference, well, not, not difference, a, a similarity or a connection between spiritual and physical with these kind of beings.
3: Well, yes and no. I've had only death experience and gone down the white light tunnel and I see the correlation in words, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. That's another discussion. Yeah. But... <laughs> um. But also, that same night that I went up through the ceiling, Grandpa Graham dropped me back at the back door and he said, go through the door. I said, it's locked. And he said, go through the door, Jane. You know how to do it. Well, I forget, okay? I'm like the old lady with Alzheimer's because they drugged me, basically. Yep. And so he put his arms around me and he stepped through the door. And then he went back and disappeared. And I just went upstairs to bed. And I was like, what?
2: <laughs> Realization's so it's kicking not
3: out. us that changes. I didn't feel anything. It's the door that changes or the ceiling that changes.
2: Yeah right. So
3: so when people say to me, oh that's a new death experience. You went into the light tunnel and you went blah blah blah. No, sorry, had that too. Yeah, not so, even.
2: Close. So what would you call it then?
3: It's a physical technology. It's a science thing, like the microchip. We just don't understand it yet, but we will. Yeah. And and in not the not too distant future. I mean, let's say hundred years before. You know, two hundred years. Max, I don't know. It depends when things are discovered, but not thousands. They're not that far ahead
2: of us. Yeah, just enough to stay ahead, though.
3: Yes,
2: <laughs> that's right. So, hang on, I've just lost the comment here now. So, if I can bring it back up, for some reason it just sent me away from that. It's like, oh, yeah, I did say this side. That's why I've got two screens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, can you tell us humans who are under encounters with space friends <laughs> are having own health issues?
3: Ah, yes. Uh,
2: what <laughs> that causes? Sorry, okay. it's.
3: So the person asking the question.
2: Yep.
3: Are hinting that they're an abductee, is that correct?
2: I'm assuming so. And they must be having some sort of health yes. issues on the, from the cause Absolutely.
3: Yep. And there's always a medical ex- explanation, I can give you a general you want. I am play yep. by the earth rules. But it does seem to be almost unanimous that abductees have some form of autoimmune disease.
2: Yeah, okay, I have heard it... this too. So...
3: The logic behind that, not the medical science for earthlings, but the logic, is that we produce, I have lupus, we produce an antibody in our blood to our own DNA instead of to the measles or whatever we're supposed to be getting rid of. So that's an antibody, Is the human cell, antigen is the flu, the disease, and the antigen is supposed to eat the antibody, right? Yep. So we're producing an antigen that eats our own DNA instead now if we've got an alien and it's mostly the women an alien baby in our uterus with a whole different DNA to us we're going to reject it yeah. and we're going to form an antibody to the foreign species of DNA or
1: objects, and anyway. that's what happens yep.
3: also as I said was mentioned to me and again there's logical explanations too but Earth explanations doesn't mean they're right, but that's what medicine says. That space, that um, astronauts, even those that have gone to the moon, but particularly those on the ISS that are there for like a year, yeah, they have specific changes to the shape of their blood cells and the number of their blood cells. I
2: have heard this, yeah.
3: At times, I have, well, years ago, I'm, I'm much better now, um, I had exactly that. And when someone like Victor Chang says, you've got the blood profile of an astronaut, He's got to know something hasn't he
2: yeah he's hinting something very strongly
3: so does it affect our health well the other thing is when human beings are not made to go into space yeah of course it does i just told you i'm sick every time i come back and i'm going less now than when i was childbearing years um yeah (laughs) baby i'm still going (laughs) um of course we're going to get sick and i don't know how it's like if you take a fish out of water and ask it to breathe air, it will get very sick and then it will die. If you take a human and take it out of the Earth's atmosphere and put it in a different atmosphere, it will get sick and die.
4: Yeah.
3: If they're doing it short-term and bringing us back, because that's as long as we can take, eventually it's going to accumulate and we're going to have to get sick. Definitely. So to this person, have you got an autoimmune disease? If you'd like to write to me, ask Anthony.
2: Yeah. No, look, if um, any of so- questions are regarding to your whole um, experiences or even... Their like their own experiences, like by all means, like contact me through the uh, the Facebook page there, and I'll definitely relay you to you for sure. So,
3: because there's things that I could say, but would be wrong to say on air. Yeah. You know, I don't want to view my own medical records on air. I don't, you know, I don't want to dispute doctors on air. The um, doctors is very clever. Human doctors are fabulous, but they have a different explanation for these things. But yeah, I can certainly give you a more a, more personal answer with details.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, look, we've got one more time because we're running overtime now, so um, we've definitely got one more time for another question here. And someone who obviously knows a bit about your history um, with <laughs> Channel Ten here, so um, so they're asking, "How was your experience after your interview on Studio Ten and the Master uh, of media?"
3: Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was pretty awful. <laughs> okay, the um, the producer was fantastic, and she groomed me for six months. Yep. I got there and they were really awful to me and it was like, I felt like um, I shouldn't say it but I think I should I should say it actually. I felt like I was on a stand and Ida Botras was the lawyer and she was interrogating me but I didn't fail, I just came home feeling sick um, you know and also some of the answers were edited and that's not what I said or that's not where I said it and I don't know. I really need to be polite, but I didn't enjoy it. However, what came out of it, and I've asked for it to come down because it was traumatic, um, but it got more hits than Trump. Oh, wow. (laughs) And the Trump article. And I went on and on and on to ridiculous numbers. Um, So the benefit was that people have contacted me out of that that had needed to know that they're not the only ones and, as I said, still helped me. Yeah. So it seemed to be, and also there was a lot of jealousy in the UFO community. Somebody came out and said they wrote my book, they didn't, but somebody else believed them, and it was all a lot of hoo ha, I couldn't be bothered going into. Yeah. But there were repercussions. I'm innocent, I'm telling the truth, and I haven't stopped, and there's all these years later. So, um, but there was far more support than negativity. So, yeah. A lot of good came out of it. And I just had to, at one point I just felt like punched in the stomach and I just had to stand up straight and go, so why are you doing this? To help everybody else. Keep going, Jane. One foot in front of the other. Breathe.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: <No>. yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, well, it is what it is. And I suppose media is always doing its best to make things not sound how they want to sound. or well, they want things to sound how they want to sound, I should say. Yeah. You know, they, this, they want the ratings and everything, all sort of stuff. And... That well, I just thought sound... they made me look
3: stupid. They, uh, they tend to do that. Detector, yeah, even with the lie detector test. And had well, – the questions were fine, but had they asked the questions and put the right answer that I'd given in context, it might have been different. But anyway, a lot of good did come out of it.
2: Yeah, well, that's good. Um, and it's good to see that you did get a lot of feedback from other people there supporting you. And oh, tremendous. And for you to be supporting a lot of other people too, which is fantastic. So, um, Which is something that I find is sort of starting to die down a lot now um, in this sort of topic. There's not a hell of a lot of support coming for people of this sort of genre.
3: Um, That's right. You just have to be brave. Because the thing is, if all of these people that are telling me these stories, and I'm only one person, I know there are other people being contacted too, um, if they all came out... And they all told these stories in their own words. Nobody could doubt anymore. It's fear of bullying, that's what it is, fear of being laughed at. And, yeah, you get some of it, but you get far more good.
2: Yeah. But, look, I suppose if we keep trying and keep, like I said, one foot forward and we'll eventually get there and hopefully the whole laughing matter of this whole situation will disappear, you know, and it will start becoming a more respective topic for people to discuss and be a lot more respectful in its own way you know where people can be understanding that this shit does go on
3: also we've got to, i'd like my children to be accepted here on earth and be able to live here well, and yeah. and their children and their grandchildren and i i'd like for them not to experience what black americans experience i don't think it goes on as much in australia i'm sure some of it does but we're yeah. generally we like different cultures
4: yeah. um
3: <clears throat> but for that just for that example if if our brothers and sisters are treated that way like they are in the States, then how on earth would they going to treat grays?
2: Yeah, well, you look at the whole history of the human race from Stone Ages to, you know, human yeah. sacrifices, slavery, all that sort of stuff.
3: Captain Cook and the Aborigines.
2: Yeah, look, it's it's a horrible history. And look, the only thing we can do is make it better. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not I'm not going to go into the whole woke thing there. I, there's parts there no, I don't want to go I'm into. Good. But, you know, I just, all I want is everyone to be peaceful, happy, respectful of each other. None of this bullying bullshit that goes on. No one needs to be laughed at. Like, if someone's genuine, then, you know, respect them and treat well, they them. They are not got to
3: stand there and put up with the nonsense if they're not genuine because why would you put yourself through it?
2: Yeah, well, that's right. Um, you know, like, obviously, you can have a laugh. Good, because you've got to have a sense of humor in life. And you can well, laugh it, with... But it has to be in the right context.
3: That's right.
2: So, and that's the biggest thing I want to try and keep pushing out there, like, Respect people in the right context, and you know the human race could be a lot better. The
3: other thing is, I'm sitting in the middle of this, and and when I came out, there was a different generation that is starting to fade away, that did interviews, that did, they decided if you were their case, or they decided if you were genuine, or if you weren't, and if they didn't decide it, then you weren't real. Whereas that's now slipping away, and there's more blokes like you. I can think of two more that you would really like. Yeah. Um. Coming out, approaching it a different way, and I think it is slowly changing.
2: Yeah, no, look, it's it's coming in a good way. Um, it's it's definitely getting that way, very slowly though. Yeah. But, well, we uh, can
3: only do what we can do, and we have to do what we believe to be right.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough too. That's a fair point. Uh, but like, you know, look, you know look, for, over the years we've been sort of waiting for this big disclosure thing, and then you have, like you said, mentioned earlier, the Americans the came American out with American their. Channel? You know, the media's come out with it. Americans have come out with it saying, look, these things are out there. We don't know what they are, but they're there. They're but well above they our technology.
3: It's a lie. They know exactly what oh, they yeah, are. Oh, yeah, of they're course. Like,
2: but, you know... They, they know the...
3: who drives them and what <laughs> yeah. they look like and what their names are.
2: <laughs> yeah. But the fact that they've, like, admitted to the open public is that's the, the breaking point and that's what everyone's been waiting for, but yet it still has that stigma attached to it. Yeah, it does. So...
3: It may for a few generations, but eventually it'll get better. Yes. And also I think of things like um, the suffragettes. That women have only had the, the vote for just over 100 years and those women had to suffer so much to get what's now going backwards, equal <laughs> rights for women. Yeah. You
1: know,
3: and then another example for this relates to this is Captain Cook thought the Aborigines were demons and the Aborigines thought Captain Cook and his men were ghosts. Yeah. So
2: white
3: and black, like, <laughs> you're both the. I'm
2: idiots <laughs> yep. no, we all bleed the same we're all the same
3: underneath so yeah. it's, it's just like that with aliens you know i think they're monsters they're scary they're this they're that they're not yes there's trauma involved in in the whole medical experiment but i like them i like the whole race a lot i think they're much nicer than humans they've treated me very well and i've got to say that they're very yeah. kind to me um whenever i ask a question they answer um they don't give me any information i don't ask for it's the way they think they're kind of um, black and white.
2: Yep, straightforward.
3: Um, I even remember a time I was frightened or it hurt and Grandpa Graham stroking my arm like that. So, you know, this yep. kindness. So, I think that they'll be good for the planet. They've got a lot to offer us if we would just open our arms and share instead of this, it's my, my, mind stuff.
2: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely, 100% agree on that. We're going
3: to want another planet soon anyway, so oh. we're going to... What we've begun with the Mars thing is identical to what the Greys are doing. They're just a few, a lot further ahead.
2: Yeah, and yeah. completely different world to what we're trying to do to Mars, <laughs> where ours is uninhabited. So,
3: yeah, well, yeah, well, we don't know, do we? But <laughs> yeah, um,
2: that's another thing. <laughs> we've again, gone down that
3: path. <laughs> I don't know. I've tried to find other planets to live, and this—that's all the Greys are doing here. Yeah, they don't want to hurt us. They just want to share. Our planet is beautiful. And why can't we be friends? Yeah,
2: that's, that's it. So Look, I think we should end there because we're, like, we're well and truly over time now. So, <laughs> But look, um, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been fantastic having you on here. And obviously, there's so much more to cover. So well, yes. we'd love to have you back on the show again at some point.
3: Thank you. Well, you're but, doing a good thing putting all these stories out there too.
2: Oh, look, I think it's more kudos to you there for like, helping all these people over the years and supporting them. That's where the biggest support is. Um, I'm only just putting it out there, opening up the reality to these things here. But you know, I think the people that like yourself that I interview is doing all the hard yards there and actually helping people through this, so
3: we're all links yeah. in the chain.
2: <laughs> it is. That's true. So and, yeah.
3: And it's a it's a team thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely, it definitely is. Well again, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, it's fantastic having you on here. It's yeah, great. So I <laughs> will leave it to it and I'll speak to you soon.
3: Okay, thanks. See ya. Bye.
2: See ya.